0: Golden City, my Lord's prepared a home. I'm leaving when I hear the final call sing down. Oh yes, I have somebody with me to share the heavy load. I feel his presence near me every day. And although trouble overtakes me along life's weary road. Sing that chorus again. I'm thankful I have somebody with me tonight. Oh, yes, I have somebody with me to share the heavy load. His presence near me every day. And although trouble overtakes me along life's weary road, I have somebody with me all the way. Amen. Amen. I'm thankful I have somebody with me tonight. His name's Jesus. He'll never leave me. He'll never forsake me. He is that friend that sticketh closer than a brother. Praise the Lord. If you believe that tonight, say Amen. 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 341, what a friend we have in Jesus. Amen. What a friend we have in Jesus. All our sins and griefs to bear. What a privilege to care. In prayer, oh, what peace we often forfeit, oh, what needless pain we bear, oh, because we do not carry everything to God in prayer. And temptations, is there trouble anywhere? We should never be discouraged. Help us, Lord, take it to the Lord in prayer. Can we find a friend so faithful? Oh Soul us there. Turn around, fellowship one with another. It's good to be in the Lord's house. the Lord. Take it to the Lord in prayer. I'm thankful that we have a friend in Jesus. Nobody ever cared for me like Jesus. Hallelujah. You may think that uh, nobody cares about you tonight. No man cares for my soul. But I'm thankful that there's one in heaven who cares. Amen. He's proven it by sending uh, or by being willing to die in our place and on our behalf and for our sins. So aren't you thankful tonight? Uh, For Jesus Christ, our Savior. Praise the Lord. That's why we're here. And I do want to welcome you into God's house on this Wednesday, March the 15th. Wednesday, March the 15th. That's a special day at our house. And we'll say more about that a little bit later uh, in the service. But uh, amen. It's been a beautiful March day, a little bit chilly. Uh, Amen. But it's nicer and better than it was yesterday and Monday. Uh, who knows, we may still get a foot of snow before it's all said and done. Uh, you got to love East Tennessee weather. I'm sorry, I'm just, I'm a preacher, I've got to tell the truth. I'm not going to tickle your ears with the weather no more than I am with the Bible, hallelujah. Uh, do remember Spring Revival. Spring Revival is scheduled here at the church for uh, Monday, April the no- uh, 17th, and it'll continue through Friday, April the 21st. Again, uh, Brother Guy Roberts, he will be the guest speaker So uh, we're going to have some flyers for you and do our best to get the word out. And most of all, we need to be praying that the Lord will bless us in a great and mighty way during our spring meeting. So remember Revival Services. I know that uh, Greystone uh, Free Will Baptist Church, they're going to be in revival the following week with uh, my former pastor, Brother Gary Norton, will be doing the preaching uh, that week. So very, very excited about the Revival Services uh, all right, Maria, what do we need downstairs? Potato chips. Cookies. All right. In, we know life, but not that in okay, yeah. <laughs> right, right. So um, don't worry as much about drinks right now. Certainly no monsters uh, or energy drinks. <laughs> But we do need chips, cookies, Little Debbie snack cakes. And just remember when you do that, you are also supplying the pastor because every now and then I sneak in there and get me a Little Debbie. I'm sure you don't believe that. Uh, hallelujah. But uh, amen. Do remember this. Uh, let's see. Um, I'm trying to think. This Saturday, I guess, will be the prayer gathering at the courthouse, 11 o'clock a.m. Uh, in the morning. So do remember this. I feel like I'm forget. Oh, we've got the. The fellowship meal is, I guess that'll be not this Sunday, but the following Sunday night. Is that right, Holly? All right, not this Sunday night, but the following Sunday night, we're going to have a Sunday night fellowship as we have, uh, meal, as we have been doing here at the church, and it will be an Italian theme, so uh, we're excited about that. Uh, praise the Lord. So um, I think that's all we have tonight. Any other announcements that I'm forgetting about? All right, just by way of prayer request, let's continue to remember uh, those that we have regularly been praying for. Pray for Matt Kutchall, uh, certainly, and the Reconciliation <coughs> Ministries. Remember Ms. Lula Cutchall. Uh, again, uh, she's still at home, Josh. Is that right? Amen. Yes, yeah, she got to come home the other day and is uh, still doing better, I assume. Amen. Praise the Lord. They were able to clean that uh, bile duct out, and she's doing so much better. So praise God for that. Continue to remember Sam and Barbie. Sure do miss them when they're not here. Miss Linda, uh, remember her health. Continue to remember Bob and Pat Price, as well as John Whitaker. Uh, that's Pat's brother. Pray for Miss Grace Babcock. She uh, had outpatient surgery yesterday at Laughlin, and uh, it was successful. She's at home resting. They ended up having to do a little bit more than what they thought they were going to do. But uh, again, uh, her uh, prognosis is good. So continue to remember Miss Grace uh, in prayer. Remember my brother-in-law, Chris McCoy. Uh, Continue to remember uh, the Danielle Owens family. Um, Continue to pray for uh, Anthony, Joanne, and Michael Knight. Remember them in prayer. Especially pray for uh, Michael and Trevor. Trevor as they are traveling uh, to Florida. So remember the nights in prayer. Um, Also pray for Otis Melton. Continue to remember him in prayer. Uh, Bob Brown, pastor at Lighthouse uh, Church. He um, certainly uh, needs our prayers and his sickness. Uh, This little child, Eliana Rutherford, she needs our prayers. Uh, She's got open heart surgery scheduled for the first of uh, next month. Is that right, Elma? May. May, the 1st of May, remember this continue to remember my cousin Richie Waddell, pray for his health, we need to pray for Ashley Fender and Lynn Harrison, uh, pray for David Harrison that has cancer um, and then several from. Uh, let's continue to remember Miss Lola and her health pray for Rand- the Randy Beats family uh, pray for Miss Shayla uh, pray for, Pat- uh, let's see, Patricia Fields, pray for the Max Morlock family Pray for Ray Crawford, Doug Parks, and Crystal and Terry Deweese. These are some that we had for Sunday. I'll give you an opportunity to give any requests that you have at this time. Remember Miss Conchita. Somebody else? Ellie Pounders, remember Becky Davidson, and then Miss Kim has an unspoken request. Other unspoken requests tonight by the uplifted hand? Others this evening? Remember my kids. Um, They have less than two weeks to find a place to live. Amen. Remember Becky's uh, kids, and boy, it sure is good to have her grandkids with us tonight, these sweet little angels. Amen. Remember them in prayer. Anyone else this evening? We need to continue to remember our nation. Uh, we need to pray for Israel as uh, things are, um, to say they're heating up is an understatement in Israel. Uh, it's just uh, uh, more news each and every day as far as that situation. It seems like this coalition of nations that are coming together uh, that they are all rallying around or against Israel and uh, whether or not we as the people of God understand the importance of Israel I think the devil does and I think uh, uh, her enemies do. So uh, again how important it is for us to stand uh, with the chosen people of God. So uh, pray for uh, goodness, just so many things going on in the world, just the, uncertain, the financial uncertainty, um, amen. Just um, We are teetering on the balance right now, on the brink, and uh, just any day the bottom could fall out, uh, but I'm thankful that even though we do not know what's going to happen, I know who does, and he's already in the business of making a way before we ever realize there needs to be one. And I believe that this evening, don't you? We'll gather around the altar. We'll bring these requests for the Lord. If you'd like to join us, you can do so. If not, pray there in your seats, please. Good to have Brother Josh with us tonight. Brother, you lead us in prayer. Thank you, God, tonight for this uh, privilege we have, Lord. Just to, uh, uh, Lord, gather in Your house and Father in Your name, and Lord, I pray we would, uh, Father, Lord, not take for granted, Lord, uh, an oper- another opportunity You've given us to be here this evening, and Lord, I pray, Father, uh, God, that we would, uh, Lord, uh, put aside the cares. And Distractions of this world, Lord, we look unto you, Father. Uh, Lord, our Savior, the one who is the author and the finisher of our faith. God, I pray Lord, that we would just uh, uh, Lord, just uh, continue to look unto the hills from whence cometh our help. Lord, our help comes from you. Lord, cleanse us from sin. Forgive us, Lord, for our failures shortcomings. Lord, I pray tonight, Lord, that you just help us, Lord, to be found faithful, having good all to stand. Uh, Lord Jesus, I pray, God, that you just help us, Lord, to be sensitive to your presence, your leadership, and your direction. Uh, Father, I pray, Lord, that uh, would have, Lord, more than anything else, Lord, that we'd be found faithful by you. And, uh, Lord, that we know the measure of our reward. Will be determined in proportion to our degree of faithfulness. Lord, I pray you'd help me preach an hour tonight. Help me to preach. We're blessed these are here. I don't know what they're going through, uh, what they're facing, what's laying heavy on their hearts. God, I know who does. Lord, I know that you're able to do more for us than we can do for each other ourselves. Lord, I pray, God, you bless man. I pray, Father, for Lula. I pray for Sam and Barbie. I pray for Linda. Uh, Lord, I pray God for uh, God, Lord, Lord God, Bob and Pat and uh, Lord John Whitaker. For I pray Savior. for Miss Grace. Lord, bless her. I pray, Father, for Lord, Chris Lord, McCoy. Lord, I pray for Miss Becky. I pray for the Daniel Owens family. Lord, I pray for the Knights. Lord, bless Michael and Trevor Trevor, while they're away traveling. I pray for Otis. Lord, I pray for Bob Brown. I pray for Eliana Rutherford. I pray, God, for Ashley. I pray for Richie. I pray for Wyatt Holtz. I pray for David Harrison, Lord. I pray for the Randy Beats family. I pray for Shayla. I pray for Patricia Fields. I pray for the Max Warlock family. Lord, I pray for Ray Crawford and Doug Parks. I pray for Crystal and Terry Louise. I pray for Conchita. I pray for Ellie Founders. I pray for Becky Davidson. Lord, I pray for Miss Kim, Lord, and her special request that she's made tonight. Bless Lola. God, we could just go on and on, people who need you, people who uh, that need that special touch, God, that only you can give. Lord, bless our service tonight and help us, Lord, just to keep our eyes on you, Lord, to be encouraged. Uh, Lord, I pray, Father, Lord, that, uh, Lord, having done all, Lord, that we wouldn't stay in church today. Lord. We're going to praise you for what you do. We ask these things in Jesus' name. have a couple of ushers come forward. We'll receive our our Wednesday night building fund at this time. Amen. Josh, do you care to help Scott? Scott, you lead us in prayer, brother. Amen, joy unspeakable and full of glory, hallelujah, and I'm thankful for that too. The joy of the Lord is our strength, and we're to rejoice in the Lord always, and again I say rejoice. Turn with me if you will to Jeremiah chapter number 31 tonight, Jeremiah chapter number 31 as we begin a new chapter of study, uh, as we continue to move uh, slowly or gradually through this book, and... um, Amen, I'll tell you what, I was talking to a pastor last night and he was just uh, talking about the spiritual warfare, the increase, seems like the devil's doing his best to hinder so many things, but even the preparation and the delivery of messages, and boy, I I don't know, I got um, a little ways through my study tonight and realized that somehow, and don't ask me how, I think because I'm just going crazy, I know some of you say, well we've known that for a while, preacher. Uh, But, uh, I actually began studying this chapter about halfway through the chapter and thought I was at the first part. So, I mean, I really prepared, (laughs) I'm telling you, I I really prepared a lot of material tonight. Um, Spent a lot of time preparing material that I'm not even going to use. I I started about verse 18 to tell you how much, and I thought it was verse 1, so that's a Bailey thing. All right, thank you. Well, I'm glad. But uh have no idea. Josh, have you ever done that? I don't think so, brother. Uh, okay, good. Praise the Lord. <laughs> I don't think I ever have either. But uh, anyway, so we're a little ahead and kind of ready for next week, uh, I guess. But um, And then I went to print my notes off tonight. And whereas they're normally rather large, I mean, they're just... So small, you can't hardly read them. I have no idea how that happened. And I don't have my reading glasses. So, I mean, we're just, uh, can we go home? We go home? <laughs> Sarah said, <laughs> oh, I'm not wearing purple. I'm sorry. Go <laughs> oh, goodness. We'll see what happens. We'll just let the Lord, <laughs> we'll go by faith. That's how we have to do it. But I'll tell you. Uh, certainly, uh, and you say, well, those things are just coincidence, Preacher. I don't know. I'm telling you, the longer I live, the more I realize we do have uh, a real enemy, an adversary, the devil, uh, who walketh about uh, as a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. Uh, Amen. And we've got to be vigilant, sober, vigilant. Amen. On the lookout, realizing that when we least expect it, the devil's going to jump in and, uh, uh, amen, um, try to drive a wedge between the people of God. <coughs> you know, any time in, in, in warfare or uh, whatever it is, most of the time the enemy tries to attack uh, suddenly and unexpectedly, and the devil certainly uh, does that as well. So we've got to prepare ourselves ahead of time for what Satan's going to do, amen. One thing about it, he's going to do something. You may give up and you may quit, but the devil's not going to. Amen. If he were going to do that, he would have done it a long time ago. He is stubborn. He is defiant, and he's going to keep on opposing God's people and trying to hinder us and slow us down. He knows he can't take us to hell, uh, but he wants to. Uh, he wants to make us think he can, and then on top of that, he wants to torment us as much as he can while. To, he's able to do so. All right. So Jeremiah chapter number thirty-one. This is really a continuation of chapter number thirty. As um, again, we had we entitled chapter number thirty, the time of Jacob's trouble. As uh, Jeremiah, of course, this is uh, he wrote these chapters. Uh, at least chapter number thirty, chapter number thirty-one. Amen. Um, he, he he wrote these chapters after the first. Uh, remnant of the captivity had been carried off to Babylon and it was a small remnant. It consisted again of, of, of the, uh, the kings and, and the, 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 the priests, the princes, the prophets, probably Daniel and his three uh, Hebrew friends were a part of this first captivity. There were false prophets that arisen already in Babylon that were trying to preach peace and everything's going to be all right and and, uh, amen, this is not the judgment of God. Um, but that certainly wasn't the case. And God's people were beginning to realize that uh, maybe we should have listened to old Jeremiah all along because things, uh, things were getting bad. People were dying. Many of the treasures had already um, been carried away into Babylon. and uh, But the problem is that... Uh, they hadn't, e- they hadn't even seen, begin to see the worst yet. The worst was yet to come, so to speak. And things were going to get a whole lot worse before they got better. And friend, uh, again, I've told you that uh, the book of Jeremiah, I really do be- believe that it mirrors the day in which you and I live. And that's why I love this book so much, not that I enjoy its content, so to speak, Because in some ways the content can be somewhat depressing. uh, But it's real. And it's practical and it's applicable. And if you want to see just exactly where we as a nation. And in some ways maybe our world is concerned. uh, uh, On God's timetable and His calendar. Just read the book of Jeremiah. And uh, friend I'm telling you things aren't looking good for our nation. Amen. I'm not trying to be a pessimist. I'm not trying to amen uh, I you say preacher we come to church uh, for you to lift us up and to make us feel better well friend we just need to uh, need to uh, face the facts things aren't looking good uh, the, the horizon's bleak it's dark uh, amen um, I, I really believe we are already beginning to experience the judgment of God as a nation uh, on on behalf of our sins I mean we we've, we've forsaken God we've turned away from him and uh, amen. We've got a generation of young people who know nothing about the Lord, and um, but I'm afraid that, practically speaking, the worst is yet to come. We've not seen anything yet. Uh, what are we going to do if the stock if, if the stock market crashes? What are we going to do if these banks continue to close? Do you realize just how close we are to uh, to um, uh, to another? Um, you say. Uh, great depression, whatever. I don't know. I'm not a prophet, but I'm telling you, friend, you better not put your hope in this world because everything you have wealth wise and and material riches and possessions, just as uh, you you say, well, I, I, you know, I spent a a lot of hard work and effort to make the money that I have and and to to have the life that I have. Well, friend, that's great, but uh, it could be all be gone in a moment. You could go to bed one night rich and you could wake up uh, a poor man and a pauper amen uh so i want to make sure that uh i set my affections on things above and not on things below amen my hope's not in this world all my hope is in jesus there's a better day coming and it's heaven so i as crazy as it sounds Although, practically speaking, the worst was yet to come for the people of God in Jeremiah's day and in Judah's, uh, and in our day. I, I really believe that that practically speaking, we ain't seen nothing yet as far as tribulation, trials, judgment, the potential of persecution. Who knows? Uh, I don't know what, uh, what tomorrow holds, but I know who holds tomorrow. Hallelujah. And my life is in his hands, and if he's brought me thus far, safe thus far, he's going to see me through until I get home. Amen. Uh, praise the Lord. He that hath begun a good work in me shall perform it unto the day of Jesus Christ. He is the author and he's the finisher of my faith. And you better believe that what God started, uh, amen, he's He's going to see it through. He's got too much invested in us to, to, to let it just all be a waste. Amen. He paid a high price for your soul. Amen. And he didn't do that just to see if, Uh, It all dissolve and be vain. vain, All of his work and his labor to be in vain. So, friend, God's going to make sure He finishes what He starts, and I say hallelujah, glory to God. So, in some ways, although the worst is yet to come, uh, as far as this earth is concerned, can could we not say that for the people of God, the best is yet to come? Amen. Uh, I don't care how bleak, how dark the horizon is. I don't care what you face. Uh, before this week is over, friend, I'm telling you, if you're God's child, uh, amen. Uh, uh, listen, the horizon's bright. The outlook is, is, is up. I'm looking up. Things aren't looking down for me. They're looking up. Hallelujah. I'm not looking for the undertaker. I'm looking for the upper taker. And that's a good place for you to shout right there. Hallelujah. Uh, by the way, before I get into tonight's uh, content, Brother Josh is going to be preaching for us uh, the last Sunday night of this month. Amen. Uh, Do you think it's a coincidence that he's preaching on the night of the food fellowship? I know that ain't, I know that's, that's planned, that's intentional, just as sure as I'm standing here preaching, but I am looking forward to hearing him. I appreciate him and Ashley and the work that God's doing in their lives. Amen? Amen. All right, so let's get right into it tonight. The best is yet to come. Uh, In inclusion, verse number one, the Bible says, Uh, chapter you make sure I'm giving you the right scripture because again uh, I tried to start out in verse 18 so make sure that I am in verse number one the Bible says at the same time saith the Lord will I be the God of all the families of Israel amen now is that verse number one are we all on the same page all right I just just making sure now, when, when, when Jeremiah uses this phrase at the same time, he's pointing back to what had previously been discussed in chapter number 30. And uh, amen. at the very end of chapter number 30, um, verse number 24, the Bible says, The fierce anger of the Lord shall not return until He have done it, and, and until He have performed the intents of His heart, in the latter days ye shall consider it. Now again he's talking about the, the the day of Jacob's trouble, the day of the Lord, also known as the tribulation, where the, the Jewish people they were going to suffer they are going to suffer more than, than they ever have suffered. And what lies in store for the Jews, the seventieth week of, 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 of Daniel's weeks that were prophesied uh, as far as judgment and retribution on uh, God's people for their sin. Amen. That 70th week, that final seven years that God has reserved, not just for the world, but specifically a time of judgment that's going to fall upon God's people, the Jews. It's going to make the Holocaust seem like a, a, a kids' show. Amen. And you think about just how bad the Jews have suffered ever since they pronounced the blood of Christ. You better be careful what you say, friend. Uh, as Jesus was getting ready to be crucified, standing before Pilate, and he washed his hands of the, of the blood of, of the Savior. And he said, I, I find no fault in this man. I don't want anything to do with him. And then God's people, the Jews, pronounced judgment upon themselves and when they said, let his blood be upon us and our children. And friend, ever since they, uh, they, they made that statement, their existence has been nothing short of a living hell on earth. You tell me I'm I'm not telling. Amen. But, uh, amen. As much as uh, the Jewish people have suffered ever since they denied and rejected their Messiah, the one they had looked for, uh, amen, and and had anticipated, yet there He was right in front of their face and and they missed Him. Isn't that tragic? Uh, And because of that, they've been suffering for over 2,000 years now. And uh, the worst was yet to come. And still for the Jews, the worst is yet to come. You know, uh, one of the greatest miracles. Y'all listening to me this evening? One of the greatest miracles that will occur uh, in the history of this world is the fact that God will be able to preserve a remnant of Jews throughout the tribulation. Now again, at the beginning of, uh, of, of... uh, the seven years of Jacob's trouble. Uh, uh, the Jews are going to prosper and flourish. Because they're going to accept the Antichrist as their Savior. They're going to view him as Christ himself. Uh, the one they'd waited on. And then halfway through. Amen. Uh, after he'd uh, he'd uh, dolled them up and lulled them to sleep. He's going to turn on them. And he's going to uh, exalt himself as God. And waltz into the Jerusalem... Uh, temple and offer up the abomination of desolation and then the last three and a half years of the tribulation it's going to be the passion of his heart the Antichrist to exterminate the jewish people there'll be a genocide breakout uh, amen you think that, uh, that that this world has been anti-semitic up to this point you ain't seen nothing yet brother and i want to make sure i'm on the right side of the jews aren't you uh amen uh, listen, any, anybody that has a prejudiced or a biased against God's chosen people, they're not my friend. Amen? Because the Bible clearly promises us that God's uh, willingness to, to bestow blessings and favor upon we Gentiles, it depends upon whether or not we are willing to bless and bestow favor upon the Jews. I will bless him that blessed thee. That was the first statement made in the Abrahamic covenant that God spoke to Abraham way back in the book of Genesis. He said, uh, amen, the nations that bless Israel, I'm going to bless. And he said, then I'll curse them that curse thee. Uh, amen. Uh, and, and, and at the very end of the tribulation, after the battle of Armageddon, after Christ has returned, and has defeated the, the, the armies of the Antichrist, and he, he throws uh, the devil, and he throws the uh, Antichrist, uh, uh, amen, into the bottomless pit, hallelujah. Uh, then there's going to be a judgment. Of course, we know that you and I who are saved and a part of the bride of Christ, we're, we're reserved under the judgment seat of Christ. Uh, we'll be judged according not according to our sin, but according to our faithfulness. Amen. And then there's also what we might refer to as the Great White Throne Judgment, and that's gonna uh, that's gonna take place after the thousand year millennial reign of Christ. Somehow we're uh, we're repeating, Mike. I don't know what's going on. We've got uh, something happening here, and I, it's hard enough for me to gather my thoughts uh, before I speak them, and when I hear myself. Uh, see what I'm saying? It's just been this way all evening. I'm telling you, I just got going good, and their the devil said, "Watch this. Watch. I'm really gonna. I'm really gonna throw one." Hey, you. I believe that. I do. I, do. I really believe that. But listen, there's going to be a great white throne judgment where those who are lost, the souls of men, after the thousand-year millennial reign, will stand before the great white throne judgment, and they'll be judged according to their works. And those that are not found written within Uh, The Lamb's Book of Life, they'll be cast into the lake of fire where they'll spend eternity burning without God. I'm glad my my name's written down in the Lamb's Book of Life, aren't you? I'm glad I'm saved uh, by the blood of Jesus. But yet there's another judgment, and this judgment is referred to as the judgment of the nations. And it's going to occur at the end of the tribulation and prior to the millennium. And. uh, This judgment uh, will be a national judgment. The nations of the world will be judged depending upon uh, how they have treated the Jewish people, whether or not they've supported and blessed them, or whether or not they've cursed them. And those who have uh, who have blessed Israel and have been a friend, those nations that have been a friend to the Jewish people, they're going to be allowed to enter into the millennium in natural bodies. Amen. On the other hand, those Uh, those who have mistreated God's chosen people, they're going to be cast into outer darkness. That's where the wheat and the tares and the sheep and the goats, it's the judgment of the nations. Again, that will occur at the end of the tribulation and prior to the millennium. You say, preacher, what's your point to all this? We better make sure that we're on the the right side of God's chosen people. And you know, I believe with all my heart, and I I, I used to hear my granddaddy say it and the, the old timers say that the reason that God has... Uh, God has, has uh, historically poured out uh, uh, the fullness of His favor and blessings upon the United States of America is because ever since her inception, God's people or the, the, the people of America have been known as being a friend of the Jewish people. We've always stood by the Jews. We've always supported them. We've been an ally of the Jewish people. And I believe God's blessed and prospered us for it. But a few years ago, that began to change. Amen. Especially in under the Obama administration. Uh, Amen. uh, in, In other words, that liberal crowd, they ain't got enough sense to know that God's blessings upon America depends upon our blessings upon Israel. And amen. And under the Obama administration and now the Biden administration, we see that America's relationship with Israel has waxed cold and has become lukewarm at best you say preacher what does that mean that means if it doesn't change amen God's going to judge us God will pronounce a curse upon us because we don't have the right disposition towards the chosen people of God I want to be a friend of Israel tonight don't you amen and at the same time so again in one way uh, the worst was yet to come the time of Jacob's trouble you know, Israel was going to have to go through some dark days, and they were still, and they still are going to have to go through some dark times," Said the Lord. Yet, at the same time, or on the other hand, I believe there's a country song that says, "says On the other hand, Hallelujah." Uh, will I be the God of all the families of Israel? Isn't that great? And this goes back to something we're going to continue to emphasize throughout this study. And that is that God has not forsaken Israel. Did you hear your preacher tonight? God has not abandoned His chosen people, the apple of His eye. There's still some unfinished business. And there's still some unfulfilled promises that God made unto the Jews that have not been fulfilled. And they have not been fulfilled through the church. I Even mean, don't you dare be guilty of spiritualizing the prophecies God made to Israel. Amen. We've got to make a distinction between the church and Israel when it comes to our interpretation of the Word of God. Amen. God's not through with Israel. They're still a remnant. They are still His elect. They are still the apple of His eye. And in spite of all the hell He's going to allow them to go through, when it's all said and done, all of Israel shall be saved. And that's Bible, brother. Hallelujah. Will I be God of all the families? Of Israel. Now there's a possession, and they shall be my people. Well, let me just make an application tonight. Again, uh, certainly we know that that Israel, they are God's people. The Jews are God's people. But you know what? You and I are God's people as well. We are, we who are saved, Amen. We're not the natu- natural branches. We're the wild branches. Hallelujah. We've been we've been grafted into the to the vine of Christ, and it makes no difference. To me, whether I'm a, a wild branch or a natural branch, as long as the Lord lets me get in to the vine and be a part of it. Uh, and I'm thankful that I'm, I, I'm His people. I belong to Him. Uh, I'm His purchased possession. He paid a great price just so that I might be able to be a part of His family. Aren't you thankful for that? Amen. Now there's a portion. Verse number 2. Thus said the Lord, the people which were left of the sword. Now, again,, practic- again, what we got to understand is these verses, they have a dual meaning. Uh, and w- on one hand, they're referring to the remnant that would come forth at the end of the 70 year captivity that was getting ready to begin. Again, God's people, uh, the, the northern kingdom of Israel, Ephraim, they had been uh, carried off into captivity and Judah was getting ready to suffer the same fate, and, and they were going to experience 70 years, first of all, and under bondage in Babylon, and then later on in Persia. But then after 70 years, those who had escaped, those who were left of the sword would return. A remnant would return to the land. And we know that that did ha- happen in under uh, the leadership of Zerubbabel and Nehemiah and Ezra. A threefold remnant returned, although most of the Jews were satisfied and content with with, with remaining uh, in Persia, instead of claiming the best that God had for them. I want to I want to experience God's bless for God's best for my life. Don't you? Amen. Amen. But listen, the second part of that dual application is that one of these days, at the end of the tribulation, the people which were left, the ones that had been preserved, the ones that had not been slain. The remnant, those who were left of the sword. Amen. Aren't you thankful God always has and always will have a remnant? Amen. And I don't know about you, but that, that's encouraging to me in this, um, in this day to where God's people are becoming more and more of a, a minority with each passing day. Listen, friend, it's becoming less and less popular to be a Christian. Amen. If you're going to have to stand, if you're going to be willing to stand for Jesus in this day, you must be willing to stand alone. Amen. Uh, broad is the gate, or wide is the gate, and broad is the way that leads to destruction. And many there be that go in thereat. Most people are on the super highway headed to hell. Just coasting along, taking the easy way. Amen. But yet it says, uh, "Straight is the gate, narrow is the way that leads to life, and few there be that find it." I want to make sure I'm on the right way tonight, Amen. And there is only one right way. There aren't many ways to get to heaven. You either come through Jesus, or you won't come at all. Amen. I there is a way that seemeth right unto men, but the end thereof are the ways of death. I'm glad I'm on the right way tonight, aren't you? Amen. But again, the remnant that is left. God always has and He will. Ha- he, he always will have a remnant. Those who will endure. Those who will persevere. Why? Because they have been preserved in Him. Friend, I believe God's in the preservation business. You say, Preacher, are you, are, do you believe you're going to hold out? Do you believe you're going to endure? Do you believe you're, gonna, uh, you're in danger of fall, falling away? No, I believe I'm going to persevere. Why? Because I'm preserved. Paul said, uh, uh, amen, that he, he said in spite of the fact that he is getting ready to stand before Nero, he said, uh, he said that he had the confidence that the Lord his God would preserve him into his heavenly kingdom. I believe I'm preserved. Hallelujah. Signed, sealed and ready to be delivered. Hallelujah. All right, which were left of the sword. Now there's a provision. Verse 2, have found grace in the wilderness. or excuse? Yes, have found grace in the wilderness is that what it says i don't trust i don't trust my i I don't trust myself tonight is that what it says all right just hey (laughs) you know in spite of it all in spite of all the judgment in spite of all the wrath and we're going to see later on down in the chapter that israel was complaining because they were having to endure the chastisement of God, something that they had never experienced before, something that they were not used to. And friend, I'm afraid that we American Christians are uh, are in the beginning of getting ready to go through some things we've never gone through and some things that we're not used to. And I'm talking about chastisement and correction. Amen. Anybody knows, know what it is to be corrected? Uh, amen, growing up, this guy sitting over here on the side, he did his fair share of correcting me, and I, he probably should have did a whole lot more than what he did. Hallelujah. But I'm thankful that I've got a heavenly Father that loves me enough to chasten me and correct me and to keep me in line when I go astray. Amen. But you know, through it all, God is able to provide grace in the wilderness. Uh, how many of you could say tonight, Preacher, I've gone through some things in my life. I've gone through some wilderness experiences, some ordeals that I uh, wasn't ex- looking for or expecting, and when they you know, hit me out of all of a sudden out of left field, I thought, well, there's no way that I'll be able to get through this. It's just too great of a load. It's just too heavy. Uh, amen. Uh, it's just too heavy of a burden. There's no way that I can get through this. On my own or by myself. Or friend, I'm glad that we don't have to endure it on our own or by ourselves. If we did, we would fail. We would not make it. But amen, I'm thankful I've got somebody on my side that's promised to go with me every step of the way on my journey. And because of that, even though it may not seem like I'm going to make it, He's already said I would. <laughs> amen, you ought to help me preach tonight. But you know why you're going to make it through? Because God's going to give you grace in the middle of your wilderness. Amen? Reminds me of Psalm seventy-eight, eleven. Can God pur- furnish a table in the wilderness? And the answer to that is God can. Amen? Yeah. You know, the wilderness is a barren place. Not a lot of resources. You get out in the middle of the desert, and you're going to be, you're going to be very fortunate to find food or water or shelter or shade from the hot sun. Uh, amen? Amen? The resources of life are hard to come by in the wilderness. But I'm thankful God is in the business of preparing and providing uh, sufficient resources for His people to be able to endure the wildernesses of life. Children of Israel wandered 40 years in the wilderness, but as far as we know, not a one of them starved to death. Amen? God made sure they had manna to eat. They 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 became discontent and dissatisfied with the manna. Uh, Amen. So God provided quail uh, so much that it began coming out their nostrils and made them sick because they had not been content with the bread, the daily provision of bread that God made for them. Amen. God provided them with uh, water out of the plenteous stone, out of great depths. Amen. Amen. Moses Moses spoke to the rock and it came forth. Uh, Actually, he was supposed to speak to the rock, but he smote it. And the first time he smote it, that was okay. Because that's what he was supposed to do. But listen, the rock won't be smitten twice. Once was enough. Can I get a witness? Hallelujah! Once was enough for Jesus. And Moses smoked that rock twice. But the Bible says water grew gushed forth from great depths. God's able to provide food and water through the wilderness journeys of life. Uh, amen. He gave them a pillar of fire, a pillar of cloud. A pillar of cloud by day, a pillar of fire by night to guide them and direct them. Uh, The Bible says that He sustained them and that their clothes and their shoes didn't even wear out for over 40 years. That's what the Bible says. You say, friend, can God sustain His people through whatever wilderness we're going to have to go through that we may not even be aware of right now? You better believe He can and He will. Hallelujah tonight. Like feel like a preacher. Hey, turn with me real quick. Let me give you something. You're gonna like this. For Second uh, Samuel 17. Well, that's just so sweet. Well, I mean, you know, I might not. Yeah, I, I, Hallelujah! Isn't that just wonderful? I got two Bibles to preach from now. I'm gonna preach extra long tonight. Now, Marie will be in trouble. Second Samuel. What I say? 17. 17. Verse number 27. Now, uh, in the context, what's going on here is Absalom, David's son, had um, committed high treason against his own daddy. Uh, A- A- David had spoiled Absalom, let him get away with everything. And uh, Absalom felt entitled to that which he didn't, he, he didn't deserve. But he got his eye on the kingdom, and he rent the kingdom out of his own daddy's hand. Can you imagine how distraught David must have been to see his own son rebel against him? And David was left for nothing, with nothing, but a remnant who stood with him. The majority of people sided with Saul, or excuse me, with Absalom. But yet God provided a remnant to be with David. Aren't you thankful that God will never leave you alone? But here they traveled out into the wilderness and, and that's where, uh, and it's during that time most scholars believe that David wrote, let me just, I'm trying to mind the Lord tonight, the infamous Psalm 3. I love Psalm 3. Amen. A Psalm of David when he fled from Absalom, his son. And it says, Lord, how are they increased that trouble me? Anybody ever felt like that? Your enemies have have, have increased against you. Many are they that rise up against me. David, his own people that he would faithfully ruled over for so long, had risen up against him. Many are they which which say of my soul, there be, there's no help for him in God. He's through. God's finished with him. Amen. He's as good as done. Amen. There's no help for... Listen, if there's no hope for you in God, there's no hope at all. And that's how people felt. People literally felt that God had abandoned and forsaken David. Well, but David turned the tables on him. verse number 3 said, But thou, O Lord, art a shield to me. (laughs) How many of you say the Lord's my shield? He's the glory and the lifter up of my head. Amen. He's a... Uh, listen, uh, he knows your down sentence. He knows your uprisings. He's the one that gives you breath in your lungs to sustain you at night and let you sleep. And he's the one that makes the alarm clock go off in your mind and causes you to get out, out of bed every morning. Amen. <laughs> he's the lifter up. Hey, I'm thankful he's the lifter up of my head tonight. I cried unto the Lord with my voice. David didn't know what to do. He was desperate. Amen. Sometimes we need to cry unto the Lord. Amen. We spend way too much time crying out to anything and everything besides God to help us. (laughs) David said, I cried unto the Lord with my voice. He didn't ignore me. He didn't put me on hold. I didn't get a busy signal. He didn't say, well, you've got to make an appointment and I'll see you in a couple of weeks like you do at the doctor's office. You all know I'm preaching now tonight. The Bible says he heard me. Out of his holy hill. So what did David do? What was his reaction? I laid me down and slept. <laughs> Amen. He said, I, I pillowed my head and went to sleep knowing that everything was going to be all right even though his own son was out to get him and was, was hunt, trying to hunt him down. You know, can I say this? My goodness, we're off track this evening. Do You know why David had the peace and knowing God was going to take care of him when Absalom, was hunt, his own son, was hunting him down? Because God had already proven himself faithful to David earlier on when, when, when he faced the same situation with Saul. He was an exile. Saul hated him. and Amen. Saul, David was enemy number one. He was number one on the most wanted land, list in Saul's kingdom. And Saul had made it the great passion of his life to end David's life. To end David's life. But you know what? Through all of those years of, of wandering in the wilderness, hallelujah, the Lord sustained David the first time. Hey, can I say to you tonight, if God will sustain you the first time, He'll do it the second time. The, the Lord provided David with a remnant the first time and He provided him with a remnant the second time. The Bible says that as David hid in the cave, uh, amen, uh, 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 all alone, all of a sudden, there, there was a group of people that just started showing up. <laughs> Amen, the remnant, the mighty men of David. Those who became the nucleus of David's army. And because the Lord sustained David through the wilderness as he was on the run from Saul the first time, David had confidence knowing that if he did it for me once, he'll do it for me again. Hallelujah. He said, what am I going to do? I'm on the most wanted list. Uh, Absalom may find me out and surround me. I may die in my sleep. He said, I'm just going to lay me down and sleep. (laughs) I awaked. I went to sleep and I woke up. Friend, did you know that every night when you go to sleep, you know, when we're asleep, we're not aware of what's going on around us. If there's ever a time in your life when you're the most vulnerable, it's while you're asleep. But he said, I laid myself down at night. And he said, I woke up. You know, every, every morning when you're, when your eyes open. You know, when when I open my eyes a lot of in the morning, a lot of times I'm like, what what day is this? <laughs> Have you ever woke up in the morning and said, Well, wh- where am I at? <laughs> Amen. But you know what? We ought to say, praise the Lord. Thank you for waking me up this morning, Jesus. You know, it's just it's a good day for you, just for you to open your eyes and, and wake up in the morning. Some people don't have that luxury. Why did, why did he say that? He said, I laid me down and slept and I awake. Why? Because the Lord sustained me. Friend, if you ever go to sleep and if you ever wake up, it'll be because the Lord sustained you. If you ever have food, if you ever go hungry, and then if you ever be, if you're ever fed, it's because the Lord sustained you. If you ever had a debt and you had the money to pay your bill, it's cause the Lord sustained you. If you ever got sick and then you recovered and became well, it's because the Lord sustained you. <laughs> the Lord's in the sustaining business tonight. Yeah. I will not be afraid of 10,000 people that have set themselves against me round about. Arise, O Lord, save me, O God, for Thou hast smitten all mine enemies upon the cheekbone. We'll leave it off there and get back to where we were at. Where were we at? Second Samuel? Y'all's in trouble tonight, hallelujah. So I'm trying to set the stage for you. Here David is. Man, I'm not used to this Bible. Hallelujah. It's a big one. 2 Samuel, chapter number 17. Look with me at verses 27 and 29. David's on the run. And he's got a, a remnant of people that still are supporting him and standing by him, even though the majority of the nation has forsaken him. And not only was David responsible for himself, but he was also responsible for those who were with him as well. So how was God going to provide? How was God going to take care of him? What was God going to do to see him through? Well, look what the Bible says. In 2 Samuel, chapter number 17. Why am I in chapter number 12? Maria, that's your fault. Hallelujah. Verse 27, if you found your place, say amen. It says, and it came to pass when David was come to Mahanaim that Shobi, the son of Nahash, of Rahab, of the children of Ammon. You know what that means? That means he wasn't even a Jew. He was an Ammonite. He was an outcast. And, and, and how many of you would, if you would, would, would list the, the top ten Characters in the Bible would list Shobi as being one of them. No, but you know jo- Shobi was just as important as David the king, because God used Shobi, the Ammonite, to sustain the king, God's man. But you know there's no, there's no such thing as a job too small in the Lord's army. Hallelujah! If it's if 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 you can do it for God, it's a big deal. And Mekir, the son of Amiel of Lodabar. Does that bring up a... a, a, Who else was from Lodabar? Mephibosheth. Hey, what goes around, comes around. You be good to to God's people, God will be good to you. You take care of others and God will take care of you. (laughs) Oh, uh, Mekir, the son of Amiel of Lodabar. And Barzillie. The Gileadite of Rogalim, these guys just appeared out of nowhere. David did not, uh, amen, sin for them. David didn't say, hey, what about old Shobi, that, that Ammonite? Or what about uh, Makir, that, that fellow that used to live, that old Mephibosheth told me about down at Lodabar? What about barzilian And as you study David's life, Barzillian became one of his dear friends. Aren't you thankful that God puts people in your life when you need them the most? Yeah. <laughs> Verse twenty-eight. What they do for him? I mean, they were in. He was in the wilderness. He was an exile. He had nothing. The, the The king of Judah, the one who who had previously had it all, now he had nothing. But look what God did through these three men. Brought him beds. Gave <laughs> him a place to sleep, and basins, and an earthen vest, Gave him dishes. <laughs> And wheat and barley and flour. Amen. Hey, God sent them to the grocery store. (laughs) God made a grocery run for David out there in the middle of of the wilderness. Oh, you ought to be shouting right now. Barley and flour and parched corn and beans. Man, this sounds like good supper, isn't it? And lentils. And parched pulse. And if that wasn't enough. Honey and butter. <laughs> and sheep. And cheese of kind. For David and for the people that were with him to eat. And they said, for they said the people is hungry and weary and thirsty. In the wilderness. <laughs> Listen friend, God's going to make sure he sustains your life. You may may go to bed tonight not knowing how God's going to supply your need tomorrow. But friend, if you're God's child, He'll sustain you. You'll wake up. And when it's all said and done, amen, God will supply every need you have according to His riches and glory. How many of you know what the preacher's talking about? How many of you have experienced that in life when it seemed as if there's no way? But out of nowhere, God showed up and made a way for you. Amen. Sustaining. God will sustain His remnant. God will sustain your life. God will take care of you. Amen? Somebody needs to hear that. God's going to take care of you. You say, preacher, how's He going to do it? I don't know. But that don't matter because He does. And you may be sweating it out, but He's not. Amen? You may be wringing, his, wringing your hands, but God's not. God's got the whole world in His hands. He's the Creator and... And sustainer of all things. If he can uphold all things by the word of his power. You better believe, bless God, that he can take care of you. Sustain you and meet every need. Every need he supplies. Plenteous grace he bestows. Amen. Amen. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Praise be to his holy He'll sustain His people. I've yet to see the righteous forsaken or His seed beg for bread. Amen? Old Dr. Sottler said one time, he said, I've yet to see the first (laughs) believing, tithing, amen, Baptist right with God that God didn't supply their need. He said, I've yet to see the first one on the bread line. Amen? You take care of God's business. God will take care of you. Amen. Anybody ever said, preacher, and I'm pretty much done tonight. There ain't no need going any further. We really got a long way, didn't we? But I believe we give the devil a black eye. The devil tried to trump us, and God, the devil said, check, God said, checkmate tonight. I felt his presence tonight Amen. as we've studied the word of God. But, friend, God shall supply all your need according to His riches and glory by Christ Jesus. But my God is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we could ever ask or think according to the power that worketh in us. See, when God meets your need, most of the time, He doesn't just barely do do it. A lot of times, He'll give you an excess. I know y'all think I'm a prosperity preacher tonight, but I'm not. Amen. I didn't say God will give you everything you want. I didn't say you'll have a Rolex. Old Ray Stevens sung that song with Jesus, wear a Rolex. Amen. God didn't say He'd give give you a Mercedes. Amen. Or a mansion. Amen. But He said, I will supply you need. And your God is a God of abundance. Remember what we say? It's not just grace, but it's uh, hyper grace and super grace. Abundant grace. In other words, God has more than enough to meet your need. But you know what you've got to do? You've got to ask for it. Back in, in, in Psalm 3, there came a point in time when David cried unto the Lord. <laughs> and he said, the Lord heard me out of His holy hill. But you can't... Ex- See, God's grace is available. Amen? How many of you believe the grace of God is available to your life? You have access to it. You don't have to have permission. The Bible says, let us therefore come boldly unto the throne of grace that we may attain mercy and and find grace to help. You can can waltz right into daddy's house and open up the fridge. don't even have to ask him for permission. Amen. I could walk right into my daddy's closet and pick out whatever pair of clothes I wanted to wear. Hallelujah. He's looking at me funny maybe not <laughs> i couldn't fit in them anyway <laughs> but you know you have access all but heaven hold you have you are a joint heir with jesus just like mephibosheth once david brought him up out of lodabar sent Zeb after him sent him down at the king's table and made him uh, one of the king's sons. Hey, listen, the rest of Mephibosheth's life, he no longer lived as if he was one of Saul's sons. Amen. He lived, lived like he was one of the king's sons. Why? Because David set him a place at the king's table. And that means that anything that belonged to David belonged to Mephibosheth. And friend, anything that belongs to God belongs to you. Everything that God... You're a joint heir with Jesus. Amen. So it's available and you have access to it. God has both the desire and the ability to give you what you need. But you know what, what, what keeps a lot of us from obtaining our needs and getting our needs met? We ain't willing to ask for it. We think we can do it without God. I don't need help. You ever seen somebody stranded on the side of the road and I mean man they're just sweating it out and having a time changing their spare tire and you show up and say hey let me help you oh I've got this I can handle it I don't need help. It takes humility for us to be willing to ask for help and friends sometimes when we have a need we just need to say we don't need to go to the to the priest or the preacher amen we don't have to go to the to the politician or the the bank or the lender, sometimes we need to go to a higher source and a higher power, the one that has more to to do for us than all of those other places combined. And we just need to go to, to big brother Jesus. And we need to go to our Heavenly Father and say, Abba, Father, Daddy, Daddy, would you help me? Cry out for help. And you watch what God does. He'll come running. And He'll meet your need. And when it's all said and done, He'll give you more than what you asked for. Why? Because He's a God of abundance. He's a God of hyper grace and super grace. And when it's all said and done, you'll have more than enough to meet your need. God will sustain you. One of these, God always has, and God will, always will sustain Israel. Amen. He's sustained her through the Holocaust. Amen. He's going to sustain her through the tribulation. Did you know that one of. And I gotta quit. One of the greatest miracles in all the world is the existence of that little nation in the middle of the Middle East. I mean, ever, ever 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 since her inception. And I ain't just talking about 1948. I'm talking about when Ishmael and when Ishmael and Isaac began fighting and were at odds with each other. And Jacob and Esau. They've been fighting ever since the jewish people always have been and they still are do you know do you know the one group of people that russia hates more than he does the united putin hates more than he does the united states of america israel you better believe ukraine's not his target friend it's israel the chinese hate israel amen iran you just let them get a nuke and see what happens i don't think it'll happen amen they may send one up, up, but I believe God will shoot it down. It won't even take a Patriot missile. I believe God will shoot it down before it ever impacts. Syria hates Israel, do they not? The Syrians. Yes, they've made... Friend, that is, that's that's Ezekiel 37, 38, whatever, Gog and Magog. If I, I mean, Syria, Iran, Persia... That's Iran. Uh, Turkey, you watch and see. Russia. And even a coalition from Egypt. They're going to join up and they're going to they're unite together and it'll be one of the strongest coalitions of the history of the world. They're going to come after God's people. The, it'll, be the, it'll be the underdog of all underdogs. Make David and Goliath look like a kiddie show. But when it's all said and done, that little speck of land, they're in the Middle East, that's surrounded by our enemies. God will sustain her through Magog. God will sustain her through the tribulation. When it's all said and done, her greatest days are still ahead. And friend, just as the best is yet to come for Israel, the best is yet to come for you and I who are a part of the church of the living God. Let's all stand tonight. Father, I love you. Thank you, Lord, for liberty to preach this evening. and didn't know if I had anything and Lord, truth is, I didn't, but you did. I thank you for your word. And I pray, Lord, that we would apply these truths to our hearts, whatever we're going through, whatever we're facing, whatever need we have. God, if you could take care of David, you'll take care of us. If you could sustain Israel through a wondrous wilderness wandering, you'll sustain us. And God, if you can sustain the apple of your eye, The chosen people, Lord, that the world gave up on a long time ago, but they're still going today, and they'll still be going until Jesus comes and afterwards. Lord, the best is yet to come for Israel. The best is yet to come for the church of the living God. Lord, sustain us. Provide for us. Help us to set our hope on you and not the things of this world. Well, we love you and we praise you, and it's in Jesus' name we ask these things. Amen are